Would you open your precious Bible, if you've not opened it, would you open to Psalm 119 tonight, and we would do our very best to try to finish up, but if I don't, I'm just going to take my time. Uh, we're going to look at these metaphors of the Word of God, and uh, the first one was on the sword. The Word of God is a sword, a double-edged sword. We preached on that several weeks back, and then this morning we preached on uh, the Word of God is the light or a lamp, and we want to continue that tonight. And um, we find the passage in chapter 119 of Psalm, verse 105. We're going to read all uh, of uh, 105 through 112 tonight, and we'll be taking all the message from these eight verses. The Bible says in Psalm 105, 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word, except I beseech thee the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I err not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Heavenly Father, I do pray you'll help us now. Speak to us in Jesus' name, amen. We looked at verse 130 this morning. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. So we're preaching this message on uh, the word of God is a light and a lamp, but that light, that lamp has to be lit. It has to be, it has to enter in. I'm getting in, oh, I thought I turned that on. All right, I think we're on now, right? All right, and uh, boy, I tell you, things happen when you start getting older, amen. I thought I turned that on, I turned it off there at the chair. So anyway, um, this morning, the entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. So my whole message was geared towards, we have to give the light entrance into our heart. But once we allow, and we, we allow God's light to come into our heart, then it very simply, 105 is so very real to us as Christians. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So once we give entrance, it gives guidance. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, it lights our way. I'm thankful. In verse 105, the psalmist confesses that God's word is the God of his life. Now, I wonder if we can confess that. He says, my light, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Now, the path is frequently mentioned in the Bible. The word path is frequently. It's frequently word that's used in Scripture and when we think about this, I, I see it, I understand it opens up to me. It Light makes a path followable. It makes a path followable. I want you to think, and here it is, even in the darkness, light will make a small path followable no matter what obstructs it if we have light. So we don't see very far down the trail. God doesn't say that he shows us way down the trail. This light is what? The Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So here's the thought. But we, we see we are to place, we, we can see where we are to place our next step. Now I want you to think about the Christian life. God's word lights our path as we walk through the darkness of this world one step 
at a time. Think about that. It reveals the way. God doesn't reveal the way maybe a year from now. God's Word doesn't maybe reveal uh, six months from now or five days from now. No, it's step by step. Someone says, I need the Lord every day. No, we need the Lord every hour. We need the Lord every minute. We need the Lord every second. We need the light every second. Why? Because we're taking steps and it lights our way. So here's a quote. He who carries a lantern on a dark road at night sees only one step ahead. When he takes that step, the lamp moves forward and another step is made plain. He finally reaches his destination in safety without once walking in darkness. All the way is lighted, but only a single step at a time. And this is the method of God's guidance. I believe that. When a person receives the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, listen, we all know our ultimate destination. We all know the moment we get saved. Now listen, when I, we left the uh, Burgess home just here before church. We left probably about 525. We left there. When I left there, we prayed with the family. And I said, aren't we thankful for a place called heaven? And you know what? That family is up there and they're having peace. They're having laughter. They're fellowshipping with one another because they know that Miss Nail is on her way to the known destination for us, us that are saved. That gives great peace. So as a Christian, we know ultimately our destination, but that's not our problem. But the dark cloud of the unknown is what normally blocks our pathway as pilgrims in this plight. And in this journey called life. So there's a bunch of obstacles. There's potential pitfalls. Hey, there's, a, there's lurking dangers in our life. Hey, there's tragic missteps that take place that often upsets the weary traveler. And what does it do? The darkness of this world, the, the dangers of this world, the struggle of this world, the unknown mysteries of life normally robs a Christian of their peace. It does. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because I'm going to tell you, I'm human. I've let the unknowns, I've let the darkness of... People discourage me. I've let things of, of maybe some bad decisions discourage me. Listen, but we have to understand, uh, we understand that God's word lights the way. We know the ultimate destination, but God will help us in every dark storm of our life. That flashlight's still there. That lamp is still there as long as we walk in the light. But as a child of God, he finds by the light of God's word the grace and the guidance for every situation in life even as a lantern even as a lamp illuminates each new step I'm gonna promise you this God will illuminate and light each step of our way as we trust him and follow his word if we will let him guide us he will guide us his word will guide us now it's not necessary to see beyond what the Lord reveals Following his leading, there's always enough light for each step along the way. God does not lead year by year. God does not lead all the time, day by day. But his word, the Bible, as I read it, listen to me, it, it lights my path every step. And we ought to allow it to allow it to light my every step, light my every decision. I, uh, look, you know, when, um, 
there's always people, not I shouldn't say always people, but there's a lot of times there's people, they're, they're attending a church. I, I thought of a young couple earlier this week, or actually it was last week, and I told them, I said, listen, I said, I want you to know, I said, we're here. I said, if you continue to come, you'll get to understand the spirit, the, 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 the personality of our church, but you know, pretty much what you see is what you get. And uh, I just said to this couple, I said, look, you need to pray. I said, because I don't know God, excuse me, God's will for your life. But I said, I know he'll direct you, he'll lead you, and he'll give you a clear path. And by the way, uh, I think we ought to rely more on the Lord leading people than we try to lead people. His word will lead them. So I even said to this young couple, I said, now, not because I'm sitting here trying to fight and trying to give you every reason to get here, doesn't mean that we don't want you here. We want you here if this is where the Lord wants you. But only them and only them listening to the Lord and letting the Lord and letting his word guide their path is their safest way of making a step. And I understand that. And sometimes when it comes down and gets even closer, let's talk about our families just a second. Sometimes when it comes to people we're really close to, we really love, we're really concerned about, sometimes what we do is we try to pick up the mantle and we try to lead people around. But I want to tell you something, God's word is the standard. And I hope and pray that we'll allow the Lord's word, Lord's word to guide us step by step so we know that this Bible will guide us if we'll let it. Not only will it guide us in Psalm 105 verse 119, but I want you to know it will guard us. I want you to notice it will guard us. Look at verse 109 there. My soul is continually in my hand. Now, you know what the psalmist means there when he says that? Here's what he says. My life is at risk. He said, my life is always at risk. That's what that passage means. That's what that means. That's what that phrase means. He said, the Lord, my life is in my hands. In other words, he said, Lord, my life's risky. I want you to think about it. Now, I'm not trying to be ugly here tonight, but to be fair, we could get in a car tonight and nobody knows whether they're going to reach, reach their destination or not. When you get in a car, you're taking your life into your own hands and you're driving. And by the way, the other morning, it was early, Thursday morning, there was a very bad car accident right here. Not the pole over, they had to come and shut the roads down and I thought there was no other car, it looked like it was involved in it. But they had to bring the ambulance in here and they brought, took those people to the hospital and I thought, my soul, I know nobody that hit that pole today that was in their plans. Their life changed just like that. Every time we get behind a car, hey, we're taking our life in our own hands. Every time we, uh, we, we leave our home, we, we take our life in our own hands. In other words, our life is at risk. Hey, every time you eat some real high cholesterol, you're taking your hand, life in your own hands. Somebody say amen. Y'all pray for me. I'm not looking forward to going to my doctor appointment this year in this month. She's going to scold me real good. But hey, that's what he said. He said, look, I, I, I'm taking my life. In other words, he's saying my life is at risk. And here's what he said, though. He says the life is continually in my hand, and that is continually at risk. But here's what he says. Even though, here's what helps us to keep taking the risk and to keep living. He says, but even though my life is at risk, I'm still trusting you, Lord. Look what he says. Verse 109, my soul is continuing in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. In other words, you said, Lord, I know it's a risky thing, but I'm not forgetting you. I'm still trusting your word. I'm still letting you guide my life. I'm still trusting thy statutes. I'm still walking in the light. Look at verse 110. 
Bible says in verse 110, The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Now here's another situation where the psalmist says, Look, I've got to walk in your light because my, my life is at risk. I'm living in a dangerous world. There's natural things that can happen to me. If I'm going to serve the Lord, there's risk. But then here's what the Bible says. He said, there's actually enemies that have laid a trap for me like a bird. They want to take my life. In other words, he says, I'm suffering persecution. But yet, although I might be suffering persecution, here's what he said, I'm still going to walk in your light. I'm still going to let you guide me. He reveals that the wicked one is seeking to trap him like someone was to trap a bird. So I want you to think about this. Think about the great trapper. Think about the great snare that the devil lays out for us. Listen to me. And I want all of you to listen to me. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how spiritual you are. You better guard your life, guard your heart, stay in the Word of God because I'm going to tell you something right now. Their temptation that is so powerful and so strong, if you get out of the light, you're going to mess up. Temptation is real. The great, de- the great devil is like an enemy trying, the wicked one, trying to set a snare for us. To destroy us. The Bible tells us he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If we're not staying within the confines of the light and we get out of the light, I'm going to tell you something right now. We will get trapped. We will get snared. You say, Pastor Mark, is there ever a time in your Christian life that you ever put it in cruise control? No. No. You have to be vigilant. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to stay in the Word of God and say, Lord, am I living pleasing to you? Not the world, not the philosophies of the world, but Lord, am I letting your light, am I letting your Word guide my heart and life? Temptation's real. They've been set before us. By the way, the devil knows your weaknesses. He knows your weaknesses. You look all through the Bible. Where did he get the great men, the great women? He got them at their greatest points. He laid the temptation, he put the snare out there and he trapped them in sin. We've got to stay in the word. We've got to stay in the light. It guards us from temptations. Regardless of our suffering, regardless of our persecution in this life, the psalmist found confidence in God's word and it will endure. Now listen, the only thing forever, pure unadulterated truth, listen to me, is right here. People will fail you. The greatest of people will fail you. Now look, it's not because they desire to fail you. You know, I'm just going to say this. You know, pastors sometimes don't get it right. And I've shared this with you. There are times, now listen, I'm not trying to be ugly, but I'm just trying to give you some reasons of why you can read things wrong. (laughs) I've told you this before. You know, as a pastor, sometimes you got to fill people out. You want to be there for people, but sometimes, and I'm not being ugly, some people just don't want you to be there. Some people are private, and so I try to, try to be wise in that, and I try to fill that out. If someone wants to be private, I, I try to give them space, and, and sometimes I read that wrong, because sometimes I don't show up when I need to be. But I have showed up when I know I don't want, they don't want me there. You say, Pastor, is that what happened? Sure, it's happened. And I bowed many, many years ago. I bowed many, many years ago. We went to a particular situation, and, and we went, and we went to a place, and Thought was okay, and, and 
It wasn't. And so I've tried to be careful. Now look, sometimes I miss that. Sometimes I do. I don't want to miss it. And here's why I say, I don't have a desire in my heart to hurt anybody. So what I'm trying to say here is, when we think about being in the, in, the, in, the, in the Lord's Word, and we're always at risk, and not only that, we understand that there's temptations, and here's what I'm saying, we've got to trust the Word, because I was trying to give the illustration, I know in my heart, I don't want to hurt people, I don't want to offend somebody, but I'm weak, but I'm, here's, what the, here's what I'm trying to compare it to. This will never read wrong. This will always be right. No good intentions or bad intentions. The Word of God is the Word of God. And it endures. And in our darkest days, in our greatest trials, in our greatest temptations, this Word alone will help us. There's been times that I've been alone. Not because people didn't want to be around me. It's because maybe I've had to be alone. And I thought, man, and then I heard someone not long ago say, I feel like I'm alone. So what I'm trying to say is sometimes people will not be there, but His light will always be there. That's what I'm trying to get across. It guards us. It endures. Regardless of what's going on in life, the Word of God. Now, everybody knows what a GPS is. I'm sure Brother Larry knew what a GPS probably before we did because a GPS was very important when you fly a plane. And from what I understand about GPS, military was the one that designed that for aircraft and for other things. Now we, we, we think a GPS is a lady's voice going, uh, turn around, take a left, take a right. But when you was flying a plane, I bet you thank God for a GPS. Well, David Ramsdale would have wished he'd have had a GPS. A GPS is the unit that utilizes signals from a system of satellites to calculate the exact location of a plane as well as the nearest airport. David Ramsdale could have used such a device on one of his flights as a pilot for the jungle aviation and radio services. He was flying passengers over the wild uncharted jungle from Peru toward the Brazilian border. After a while, Ramsdale realized he had been following the wrong river and he got lost. Daylight was fading and the plane was low on fuel. Radio contact with the base gave no navigational help. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'd be scared to death. Through the dusk, Ramsdale spotted a little river. He followed it to a larger river and then to a village where he was able to land on a narrow airstrip just as darkness fell. A similar thing can happen in our spiritual journey. We lose our bearings and we get off course. Soon we realize we're going to the wrong direction, but we have a positioning system that will always tell us which way to go. It's this light. It's this GPS system. Now, I've got a little bit more of a not quite as sophisticated illustration as that. I've never flown a plane, thank God. But I'm going to tell you all right now, I can illustrate this in, in a way of if, you've, if you're a hunter and you've ever been out in the woods and it's getting dark and you're lost, I'm going to tell you something right now. That is one of the scariest feelings you'll ever know in your life. I mean scary so there back years ago, I was in high school and we was down at Lockbridge Mountain and I got lost. It was getting dark and I got so panicked 
when you do that, you start putting a bunch of miles on them feet, but you're going around in circles. You're, you're confused of where you're going. And I mean, I was lost, and it was getting dark, and I was like, I'm going to be in some serious trouble here. Plus, I was on a, I was on, we called it Hump Mountain, but there was a strip job there. I was up on top where everything was flat. You could only come down certain places because if you went down off the side, there was a cliff there where they'd strip the whole side of the mountain. And I'm praying and saying, Lord, please get me out of here because I'm lost. I don't know how to get out of here. And I thank God for a hillbilly GPS system. Y'all know what a hillbilly GPS system is? My uncle sitting at the truck going, whoom, whoom, whoom. I said, follow the sound of the shot. And there after a while, my, my uncle said, I, he said, I knew you was lost. I said, shoot, man, thank you for shooting. I said, I thought I was about to spend, a mountain, spend my night up here on top of Hump Mountain. He said, no, I got you. And that's a good old hillbilly GPS system. Amen. But I want you all to know something. We've always got a GPS. Say, you say, Pastor, I've gotten off track. We'll get back in it. Here's the GPS. Here's the light. If you've gotten out in the darkness, get back to the light. It will light your way. It will guide your path. Can I say, it guards us. And then as I close, it gladdens us. This light gladdens us. Now look at the next verse. I love this. Man, I about had a shouting fit reading this and thinking about this message. Notice what the Bible said. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Look at verse 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing... Of my heart. There is no cold, dry legalism in the Psalm's approach to God's testimonies. Now, I, I'm going to just clear me off a spot here for a second, and I'm going to shuck her down just a minute. Y'all hold tight. I'm about sick and up to here with people that want to talk about the Christian life, and we're a bunch of legalists. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing it. Tired of thinking about how people want to use the Bible like some whips. I'll tell you what, if you live like it, you're not living happy. There is no legalism in this psalmist's voice. Here's what he said, to the contrary. He said, I love the law of the Lord. I love the Bible. I love his boundaries around my life. He said they are rejoicing in my heart. Why? Because he knows the one that's put the boundaries there loves him and wants better for him. We ought to rejoice in the, in the promises of God. We ought to rejoice in the... Pre well, I tell you what, we serve a God that tells us a bunch of I don'ts. Well, if he tells you not to, it's because it's our best not to. It's because he loves us, not because he hates us. It's because he's trying to guard us, not trying to keep us from something that's going to be enjoyable. And I'm so glad of these words of the psalmist. He said, it's the rejoicing of my heart. He doesn't look at the Christian life, well, I'll tell you, it's such a drudgery. And I'll tell you what, if you live the Christian life, you've got to live by a bunch of these rules. He says, no, I'm thankful for his precepts. They're the joy of my heart. Hey, he says, here's what he says. He says, what precious treasures they are to us. And I thought about it. Convict me when I was reading this. What precious treasures are in the word of God? They should rejoice our heart. It's like a deep mind. The word of God is like a deep mind filled with silver and gold and precious gems. We ought to rejoice our heart and I go, oh, we got to do it. 
Oh, I tell you right now, living the Christian life's a drudgery. It really isn't. God's given us these precepts because He loves us. He wants to guard us. He wants to guide us. That ought to gladden us. I know I've shared this with you before. You know, there's been very few times in my life that we've gotten a guide. But, you know, when we went on a fishing trip, my father and my brother-in-law, we went two times down there, and we, we, we hired the same guide. And he took us out, and I'm glad. And by the way, we had to pay him a little bit of money, but when we had a good time and brought all that fish back, it really didn't matter us following his lead because when we followed his lead, we got some rewards. So it didn't bother me that he was controlling the boat. It wasn't bothering me telling me not to break his reels. One of them, man, when we hook up, when we, look here, when we set the hook, we, meet, we don't play around. But that guy, I don't guess, like you jerking on his pole, man. Daniel, I went to rear back on one of them blue cat, and, or maybe it was Mike or somebody, reared back. He said, whoa, he said, don't break my pole. I said, well, I don't know where you're from, but in West Virginia, when you set the hook, you set the hook. You don't play around with them. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? But I want to tell you, I, I, I was okay. That was his equipment. He was letting us use it. And he put us on the fish. And, man, we caught a bunch of fish. We catfished in the morning. We crappie fished in the afternoon. And, man, we had hundreds of pounds of fish coming home. I, had no, I, I rejoiced in my heart. When we left that place, we all was in the car talking about a good time we had. We were gladdened because somebody, we were glad because somebody guided us. Why can't we see that in our Christian life? We should be glad that he guides us. We should be glad that his precepts are for us. We ought to be glad that we have some boundaries and we let him operate our boat. We ought to be glad because he loves us. And I'm going to promise you this. He's a God that has your best interest in mind. There's so much more reward letting him and letting his light guide us. It should gladden us. What precious treasures. As we do, we should rejoice in our walk with God and rejoice over what he's teaching us. We ought to be glad when we get to go into the light and read it and what he teaches us. How many of y'all are glad how he's transformed your heart and changed your life? We ought to be gladdened. It ought to be a glad thing. And that's why, man, I, I, we ain't got no room for a man. Oh, he would. It's Christian. A bunch of, a bunch of legalists. And, and most of the people that use that language are not even using it right. They're upset with a church that might have a few little personal standards and they're wanting to make that sound legalism. Legalism has everything to do with adding or taking away from salvation. People's personal walk with the Lord is that. It's personal. You might have personal preference. I have personal preference. But we ought to all live holy. We ought to give our best to the Lord. Why? Because he's given his best for us. But his light should gladden us. I want to close with this. A young lady remarked, that's the dullest book I ever read, as she tossed the volume aside. Later, she became engaged to a scholarly gentleman. One evening, she remarked to him, you know, here's a book by an author whose name is just like yours. Isn't that strange? So there's nothing strange about that, dear. He said, thrumming through the book. He said, I wrote it. That night, she did not retire until she had read every word of it. The book now fascinated and held her spellbound. What made the difference? I love this. 
she knew and loved the author. She knew and she loved the author. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I know and I love the author. And you know why I love him? Because he loves me. And he loved me so much that he sent his precious son to die for me. And if anybody would do that for me, if he tells me a few thou shalt nots in the Bible, I ought to listen to him because he's already proved that he loves me. And the reason that I and you should love this book and ought to be the joy of our heart is because we know and we love the author. It ought to gladden us. This is the way God's book is to those who know and love him. Amen? I'm thankful for the light. And I want you all to know, as your brother in Christ, there's been many times I've not followed the light. There's been times that I've neglected the light. But oh, I want you to know, there's nothing more delightful than following the light of God's word. Because we have a God that's given us a word and he loves us.